I've probably mentioned a time or two that nearly four years ago I lost my dad. I had the greatest father in the world and the grief was terrible, still is. I found myself completely disoriented in it. It sent me to my knees so often. It was a palpable thing, really, a weight, deep and wide. I would like to think that I am as pious on a good day as I am on a bad one, but that's not typically true. The fact is I pray more often and reach out to God's wisdom with greater veracity when I am in crisis. I suspect that on this, I'm not alone. Anyone else? A few honest folk. On good days, we may remember to be thankful. We may do our daily devotions. We may be in awe and the wonder of God and feel joyous when we see a butterfly and all of that stuff. But it's the bad days that send us to our knees. For me, when my heart was broken by the loss of my dad, my dad, it was also open to God in a new way. I grew and I saw truth and I was open to teachings that I never had received before. One of the terrible truths of this life is that bad things happen to us all. I would love to tell you otherwise, but even the seemingly luckiest among us are still mortal and are surrounded by loved ones that are too. If Betty White can die, any of us could die. And even when we're having our very best days and we're on those mountaintops and, and everything is going wonderful, there are still people suffering, starving to death, wars still rage, someone is murdered in their homes or loses their child or hears the unimaginable news. Even one of our, on our best moments, someone is having their worst and vice versa. So Jesus' message on the plane in our gospel this morning grapples with all of this. To humans that are mortal, the messiness and complexities of life. That even as some of us thrive, others starve, that on our darkest day we may find more of God's truth than on our winningness. All of these things Jesus brings with love and power and healing. Because right as he told these things, right, he had just, the gospel says power was flowing out of him. Like everyone that came around him was being healed. They were being delivered from the things that were holding them back. They were being inspired in incredible ways. So as they felt those things, they hear, heard these hard truths. And that is that the great liberation is not in the winning of the thing. It is in the suffering and the losing of the thing. It is in the solidarity that will not rest while another is hurting. Paul unpacks this truth in 1 Corinthians 15. He talks about how fundamental resurrection is, not just to Christian theology, but to all of life everywhere. Resurrection is not just a piece of doctrine. It's not just a thing to say. It's not just something that we regurgitate. It is all around us. It is in the pattern of the universe, from spring to butterflies to the land after it's burned by wildfires. Have you ever gone by something that has just been burned? You can almost immediately see the new life coming forth. In 1981, when Mount St. Helens blew, 
Uh, it decimated just incredible swaths of beautiful, amazing land. If you go there today, you wouldn't even know it happened, except for the fact that the mountain doesn't have a top anymore. New life springs forth all around us. Jesus' life, ministry, teaching, suffering, death, and resurrection all point to this greater reality that surrounds us all the time, that death, that endings, that suffering, they all change us and lead us to new life, new insights, and new freedoms. That's how it can possibly be true, that those of us who are suffering, those who are poor, those people who are speaking, who are being spoken ill of, and all the rest, can be blessed because the suffering, the hardship, the pain, if we allow it to bring us to our knees, is simply the prelude to new life. The other side of this coin in the gospel, right, after Jesus does these amazing things with power flowing out of him, I love how it's articulated in that way, and he says these hopeful things to people who are hurting, um, there was also some words for people who weren't hurting that sometimes hit us a little closer to home as we sit comfortably in our beautiful sanctuary. He spoke to those who had it well, warning those of us who are in a good place. Do not allow that space to lull you into the idea that you have any idea what blessing means, that you have the corner on living correctly. Be at high alert. That's what that woe thing means. It's not like everything's terrible. It's just like, whoa, pay attention. It speaks both to the ubiquity of hardship, the fact that just because we're having a good day now doesn't mean that it's going to take a turn. Again, we're all mortal. Things happen. And it also speaks to our call, to our command as Christians to accompany one another through the valley. That we're in a place, when we are in a place of stability, that that doesn't mean we just get a camp out there, but that we get to reach out to others and draw them in. And the gift of this Christian community where we can do this drawing is not a gift of sameness. It's a gift of our essential diversity and the diversity of our experiences. We wouldn't be very strong if we were all the same, and if we were all down at once, we would never be able to help each other. So there's a balance in this, even in Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. Yeah, there's those of you who are in hardship right now, but there is hope. And there's those of you who are in strength right now. Pay attention. Each place that we are at in our journey is a place of incredible community and mutual ministry and hope and new life. So for those of us who have it all together, Slow down. Look around for ways that your current abundance can bring comfort and blessing to those around you. Speak well of others. Give the best of what you have, as Pastor Terry defined blessing last week. I heard recently something beautiful that I don't think can be completely proved, but I like this theory that the reasons that birds are so chatty in the mornings is because they're checking in with each other. They're essentially saying, I made it through the night. Did you? How you doing? Did we all make it? Each 
day is a chance for resurrection and new life, to sing to each other the good news. Life and love win in Jesus. We are Christians, so we get to navigate the world as those transformed by a resurrection, knowing that we are walking this journey of death and new life together, singing to one another. Did we make it? Are you feeling down today? I'll reach out to you. Hope, life. Jesus did not make this true. He did not create resurrection. He embodied it in a way that no one could look away from. He implanted it in our hearts and drew us into the story that we didn't even know that we were a part of. Because all of this, everything, is interdependent in God's incredible care. All of everything that God has made depends on one another. Days when we suffer, we can grow. Days when we are fortunate, we can reach out to, in solidarity and healing to others. Days when we feel alone in our grief and hurt, we can remember that God has spoken blessings to the brokenhearted. You are not your worst day. If you are in confusion now, hold on. Trust. You are being transformed into new life, even as you experience it. I'm not sure which end of all of this you all are in this morning. I know because our experiences are so diverse that some of us are in places of incredible blessing, and some of us are in places of deep grief. Maybe you're in between, and you're feeling numb and busy and distracted. But no matter where you find yourself, put your trust in God, who transforms weeping into dancing, death into new life, Arrogance into compassion, wealth into blessing, loneliness into solidarity, meaninglessness into mission. The God of the resurrection beckons you into new life. Sing your response with your life. Amen.